0: This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Ah, uh, yes, George Bush, the president. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, not yet invented. John Gruden was the coach. Jeff Garcia, the quarterback. Mike Allstott in the backfield. Hall of Famer Derek Brooks. Future Hall of Famer Rondé Barber over on the Buccaneer defense. All part of 2007 and the last time the Buccaneers had won the NFC South. It has happened again 14 seasons later. Congrats to the 2021 Buccaneers, champions of the division, playoff bound, home game at least, home game singular at least, if not more, coming in January by virtue of wrapping things up on Sunday, December the 26th, the day after Christmas, a post-Christmas gift. You'll hear that as a theme throughout uh, the podcast here today. Off the Christmas weekend in Charlotte, it is a win over the Carolina Panthers, it is a victory Monday, it is a division winning Monday edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Thank you for finding me wherever you have done so. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. We are back from the Carolinas off the win on Sunday, which has firmly put the Buccaneers in the race to win the NFC and get back to defend their Super Bowl championship. How good does that sound? on the day after Christmas, that the Buccaneers have clinched, which we knew was going to be happening here at the end of the year, especially with the level of competition. Carolina, bad. New York Jets, even though they beat the bad Jaguars yesterday, they're bad too. You were going to win one of these games and get in the playoffs. Why not, just like extra stocking stuffers, why not get all of these games and set yourself up in terms of playoff seating? So much more on that as the show goes along. Again, glad you found me, however you did, through a social media link, through Buccaneers.com, through the Buccaneers mobile app, whatever the case is. We're always here, breaking down the games, day after the game, on the podcast. Uh, Love getting to to roll the sleeves up and go through the highlights, the post-game interviews off our Hooters post-game show on uh, Buccaneers Radio, and much more, especially after a win yesterday in carolina by the way if you have not you can also subscribe follow or subscribe on this podcast on apple podcast spotify again through the buccaneers mobile app you can subscribe too for a notification it will ding on that phone on that ipad on that mobile device whenever there's a new one again we are typically here morning after the game which in this case will be a monday morning after the final two regular season games coming again with the jets and then the home finale with Carolina, again, hadn't seen the Panthers all year, going to see them twice in the final three games and have a chance to feast on those guys. The uh, the, the Panthers were more like the Lambs uh, and the Buccaneers conquered them yesterday and we will get another chance to do so coming on the final Sunday of the regular season on January the 9th. And then it's playoff time. Then it will be playoff weekend, either a Saturday, a Sunday. And now they have added a single Monday night playoff game. What are the chances that we're going to end up with a single Monday night playoff game maybe in Tampa Bay on the wild card weekend? Who knows? Who knows what that schedule is? We just know the game will be at home by virtue of this. So whenever we uh, have played the game, the following day is when nothing but Bucks will be out. Get the complete recap, etc. Relive all of it. And especially if you know Buccaneer fans that are displaced, that can't hear the radio calls, that can't hear the interviews, can't hear all of the stuff. Send them the link. Send them the link to Buccaneers.com. Send them to the mobile app. Send them the link on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, email it to them, etc. Wherever they are. and We have Buccaneer fans that are listening all over uh, the the globe. In Europe, we hear from them. We hear from them in the Far East, in South America, in Australia, all over the place. It's crazy. Who's listening and who is engaging with the team through the website, through the mobile app, which is good. All of that is good worldwide where they can find out about their Buccaneers, time zone displaced, et cetera. Military members uh, that tell us all the time they are they are on duty at different military bases and different military assignments all over the globe. They are fans of this team just like you are. Most of you living in the Tampa Bay area, if not all of Florida, that are that are listening to Buccaneers games on the radio and the highlights and all of this, send it to them. Help them find it. Uh, and we thank the men and women that are in service. We we love all of you that are displaced everywhere. We know you're celebrating along. I had a Buccaneer fan who was actually sending me social media messages that he was on the ski slopes in Colorado taking a break and listening uh, over the Internet to the Buccaneers win over Carolina. So shout out to that fan. These are the types of fans that we take care of on Nothing But Bucks is my point. Um, All right. So, so much to get to here. There's a couple of things that I am struck by. Uh, right now, great to be back in the in the division-winning business here for the Bucs. And it has been a long time as I was going down that list. My twins, who were 13 years old, had not been born. Had not had not been born the last time the Bucks got the division. And the Saints are largely responsible for this. They were winning it year in and year out. Almost become the Sean Payton-Drew Brees Invitational in the NFC South. Sure, the Panthers at one point with Cam Newton were riding high as the best team, not only in the division, but in the NFC. But that day is gone. That day is dead. Uh, So it's good to be back for that reason. It's also good to be back at the expense of Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Because I said this when it was going on. When he and those Ron Rivera teams were just beating the crap out of the Lovey Smith Buccaneers, out of the Dirk Cutter Buccaneers, embarrassing this team, even the coach whose name we don't mention anymore because he was such of a maniac and will never be an NFL coach again. Cam Newton would beat his teams uh, as well. Uh, relentlessly and, and would be doing that airplane thing all over the field at Bank of America Stadium and going and handing the ball to the fans, which is neat for the Carolina fans, but as Buccaneers, we don't care about that. After every touchdown, they're celebrating like they've won the Super Bowl and playing the music and banging their keep-pounding-them drum. Hey, the bottom line is, as all of that was going on, multiple people, analysts, et cetera, media members, whomever, game analysts kept saying, stop them. If you wanted to, if you want to, if you want this to stop, stop Cam Newton, stop the Panthers' offense, tackle them, stop them, get off the field, create turnovers, don't let them score touchdowns. So now it is refreshing to come in here on nothing but Bucks and say, how was that on Sunday when all the Buccaneers did? I, I know Cam Newton got out the gate for a long run. I know they put him on the bench and they had Sam Darnold in the game for much of the rest of the game, including the second half. But over and over again, the Buck defense just pile-drived the, the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. Sacks got the takeaway in the first half, stuffing them over and over and over again, stopping them on fourth down over and over and over again as Carolina scored zero touchdowns. There was no Superman cape yesterday from Cam Newton. No airplane wings running around the field. No playing the music and him handing the ball to fans. Not a, it didn't happen once. So I took personal satisfaction as a guy that had to go into the losing locker room over and over again where the Panthers have beaten the Buccaneers by 20, 25, 30 points in standing there and watching the Panthers get blasted for a lot of the second half in yesterday's game. And by the way, the Buccaneers blasted the Panthers in both games a year ago. Uh, the second game we didn't get to go to in Carolina uh, because of the travel restrictions, COVID nineteen guidelines, et cetera, there were some fans there. There were some Buccaneer fans there a year ago when the Buccaneers wiped out the Panthers in a season sweep. It it also feels good to say this too for all those airplane uh, moves and all the dancing and, and you know and, and Cam doing the dab. Remember that in the 2010s and the Superman stuff. He's now lost his last 13 games starting for the Carolina Panthers. His legacy right now is losing in Carolina. Yes, he's the former NFL MVP, and I know I'm banging on him, but you know, he came back and everybody in Carolina thought this was going to, you know, this was going to be a turnaround moment for the franchise. Cam Newton this, Cam Newton that. The facts are the facts. The man has not won a game as a starter in Carolina since the middle of the 2018 season, and the Buccaneers beat Cam Newton in the midst of him losing the final six games in 2018 as the starter. And Ron Rivera, the coach, got fired after that. Newton then went to, uh, went on, well, well, Ron Rivera got fired the next year. Newton went on the next year uh, with an injured foot to try to play through it. And the Buccaneers beat this team again on Thursday night football on a short week early in the year after week two. He didn't play again the rest of the year. Then he left. They cut him. Because of salary cap reasons, when Matt Rule took over a year ago, new regime didn't want Cam Newton. He went to New England, so he didn't play any games as the Carolina starter last year. But you're talking about three seasons since he's won a game as their starter. And again, uh, we're not going to have any sympathy in Tampa Bay. I'm not going to have any sympathy because for all of those games where they were putting 40 or 45 points on the Buccaneers in blowout wins with impunity, him throwing to Greg Olson, Him handing the ball to those bevy of running backs, Jonathan Stewart, my old Memphis Tiger, D'Angelo Williams, or any of the other guys they had. They had Mushin Muhammad at the game. I remember that guy in the 2010s as well as a receiver, the late 2000s and the 2010s. Uh, Muhammad would often catch the passes from Jake DeLome, who's now doing Panthers radio. I think he caught some as well from Cam Newton early on in his career. But hey, these these, uh, NFC South games take advantage of it. And the Buccaneers continue to take advantage of it uh, right now, having beaten the Panthers three in a row dating back to last year and got one more date with them in a couple of weeks. So great to get a 32-6 win on Sunday. Uh, So let's get into it. For a lot of reasons on how it happened, where it happened, yes, the Buccaneers banged up. We already knew going into this game as we get into the highlights, Chris Godwin gone for the year, the awful ACL A hit from the Saints player P.J. Williams right on his knee, so he's done for the season. Uh, Levante David and Leonard Fournette both placed on injured reserve. The hope is that one or both of them could come back for the playoffs they're trying. Mike Evans is week to week with a hamstring injury, so none of those four guys were going to play. Then you got players on the COVID-19 list. Brashad Perriman, the receiver, couldn't come off of it. Jalen Darden, the rookie, went on it. Uh, Nacho, Rakim, Nunez, Rochez went on the COVID-19 list. He couldn't play. So this team had to, had to move and shake. Even Bradley Pinion, the kickoff specialist, the punter, and the holder, he couldn't play with an injured hip. So you had to sign a brand-new punter in Sterling Hofrichter, uh, a kid that grew up in the Tampa Bay area, by the way. Hoff Richter came in to do those duties for Pinion. So the, the Bucks had a lot of moving parts in this game and some guys that had to step up, including uh, a couple of the people that you're going to hear in the highlights as this game unfolds. So let's get into it right now. From Bank of America Stadium with the first of two meetings, the division uh, on the line with the Buccaneers at 10-4, and four, trying to get to 11-4 for the second consecutive season if they could get a win. Uh, early on in this game, we mentioned Cam Newton. He did make a play. He got out the gate for a 50-plus-yard quarterback run. Nice play by Mike Edwards, who's back off of suspension from the NFL. One of the, uh, the guys the Buccaneers got back, along with Antonio Brown, off their three-game suspensions. Mike Edwards ran him down and got him out of the end zone inside the 10-yard line. And that meant the Buccaneer defense could stand up, which it did down inside the 10. And the Panthers only got a field goal out of that so uh, only a 3-0 game so the Buccaneers actually trailing uh, in this one but they would not be trailing for long after that because shortly after that came the first of several huge plays for the guys in white with Pewter.
1: Second down quick snap, hand the ball off and run to the ball, makes the tackle to the 50, to the 45, Vaughn to the, 70, the, numbers of the 30, Vaughn to the 25, Vaughn to the 20, following blocker to the 5, 3, 2, 1, touchdown Tampa Bay, Keyshaw Vaughn. That's a great run by that young man. He got outside and was patient. He had a wide receiver down there blocking for him.
0: The mean Gene Deckerhoff on the calls here on Buccaneers Radio. He and Dave Moore as Keyshawn Vaughn's 55-yard touchdown run. Got the Buccaneers on the board for the first of several times on the day. Dave Moore was mentioning the downfield blocking. That's Cyril Grayson, the reserve wide receiver, back on the active roster. He would be making some plays as well in this game, but that was a great job by him to get down the field because again back to the Cam Newton play if Carolina can get Keyshawn Vaughn uh, on the ground or knock him out of bounds you're not guaranteed a touchdown you would think Tom Brady's going to get the team in the end zone with the weapons he has just like Edwards Mike Edwards stopped Cam Newton the Panthers were trying to do that as Vaughn was racing to the end zone he got in 7-3 lead and then the Buccaneers uh, turned it up from there on. Newton still in the game at this point in the first quarter and the defense putting pressure on him. Uh, give credit where it's due in particular to the pass rush. You're gonna hear lots of highlights of the of the Buccaneers making plays. And the pass rush got to Cam Newton here for an errant throw. To
1: snap a good one, he'll throw pressure, gets the pass, goes it up for grabs. it's knocked away, it's picked off, intercepted by the Buccaneers at the 47 yard line. Murphy, You're on Whitehead. Picks it off Whitehead. or, and Whitehead's got
0: the pick. Jordan Whitehead was everywhere in this football game and he comes up with that interception. The takeaway after Shaq Barrett had almost picked it off. Whitehead off the deflection for the first takeaway of the day. We would call his name over and over and over again with big hits. Great to have that young man back healthy. He was missing some time with an injury earlier here in the late stages of the season. He's back, he was making plays. It would lead to a Buccaneer field goal and a 10-3 lead. And then the Buccaneers would crank up the defense some more. Sam Darnold came into the game. Uh, Darnold ended up making a big pass play to a wide-open receiver. They moved inside the red zone, but the Buccaneer pass rush continued to harass both Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, the former number one pick that Carolina traded for in the offseason. Darnold has been injured, too, with an injured shoulder. He was back in there Sunday. Matt Rule, the second-year coach, made no bones about the fact that he was going to play both quarterbacks. Darnold back in there. Darnold trying to get them in the end zone and the Buccaneers pass rush would say, uh-uh.
1: The snap to Darnold, looks over the right, looking to the right under pressure. Flash down, he sacked at the 11-yard line. Quarterback sack number two. Shaq That's Barrett. Shaq Barrett. He's got 10 now.
0: And as Gene is calling it there, uh, Shaq Barrett's sack gives him double-digit sacks for the second time in his career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, joining the likes of Leroy Selman and Warren Sapp and, and Simeon Rice and others that have done it. Uh, part of a, a great day. Seven sacks on the day for this Buccaneer defense. They were just too good. The Panthers would settle for a field goal. The Buccaneers would then put a drive together and would end up getting a field goal of their own, a 43-yarder from Ryan Suckup to make the game 13-6. And again, full credit uh, to the the punter holder, Hoffrichter, because he had to handle a couple of bad snaps in this game. that happens. He did well. And you, you saw uh, Suckup do his job. Uh, banging them through with the field goals, push the lead back to 13-6, and then the Bucks got a defensive stop late in the first half, 13-6, knowing that the Panthers uh, might, with uh, the Panthers uh, are going to get the ball to start the second half, didn't want to give the Panthers two opportunities to score into the first half, beginning of the second half. So you stop them at the end of the first half with about a minute and a half left, and immediately a big play from Tom Brady in the pass game.
1: Snap out of the gun, looks up field, looks, has time, throws a deep ball downfield. Got to receive, Cyril Grayson, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, 6-yard line, he's tackled from behind.
0: I thought Cyril Grayson was going to get in the end zone on that play. 62 yards officially, down just outside the 5-yard line. As Grayson, is the speedster, uh, wide open behind the defense, and Brady hit him with the laser beam. And the Buccaneers now in business late in the first half to go up by two touchdowns, and that's exactly what they would do right after.
1: On is the running back on the right hip Up Brady. Two receivers to the near side. Brady in motion. Here's the snap, Brady. There's a dark clock ball. Cameron break touchdown Tampa Bay. Just like you draw it up on the blackboard. My golly, Brady was wide open and a dart throw by Brady. Brady to Brady Sounds good to me. Touchdown, Tampa Bay.
0: Cameron Braid wide open after uh, three, not one, but three Carolina defenders went with Rob Gronkowski on the corner route to the right corner of the end zone. Cam Braid said thank you very much, slid inside on the slant. He was alone in these days with COVID-19 and social distancing. He was socially distanced from everybody in Carolina, uh, all black and teal. Uh, touchdown Buccaneers Bucks elected to go for two after Carolina had gotten a penalty on the extra point and it moved things to the one-yard line they threw incomplete but still the game at that point is 19 to 6 going to the half talk to Bruce Arians coming out of the locker room because Shaq Barrett had gone down with uh, what looked like a knee injury Antonio Brown and we have not featured uh, yet on these highlights uh, Antonio Brown had some uh, big moments catching passes in this game. He had hurt his foot late in the first half, uh, actually gotten stepped on uh, by a Carolina defender. So I, I asked the coach. Coach said, yeah, both of those guys are going to try to play in the second half. Uh, I said, what do you got to do with the defense uh, here to, to hang on with 19-6? to He said, hey, shut them out. Just, just go out there and shut them out, plain and simple. And that's what the defense would do. They would crank up the pass rush some more, including uh, Cam Newton back in to start the second half and the Buccaneer pass rush all over.
1: Chuba Hubbard slips back into the backfield. Sidecarp looks threatened by Devin White. He picks up White and had Newton under some pressure. Snacks spun around and drops to the 17-yard line. Anthony Nelson, big line, the tallest guy on a Buccaneer uniform, spins Newton around. That's tough to do, and drops him for our third quarterback sack of the game.
0: Anthony Nelson gets that sack of Cam Newton, forcing the punt, and the Buccaneers uh, just harassed the Panther quarterbacks throughout the day. Uh, uh, Outstanding job by Todd Bowles with his scheme. And, And one of the things we've been talking about on this podcast and on Buccaneers Radio... It is no coincidence that when you have Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Jamel Dean all back, your starters, who haven't been healthy together for virtually the entire season, and there were times where only one of those three was playing or none of them were playing in the secondary because of the injuries. Awful, awful series of injuries have robbed the Bucks of being able to play with those cover corners, and because they have those cover corners, now the pass rush can be different, the scheme can be different, the blitz package can be different, because you're playing much more man-to-man scheme and disguise, disguise coverages. Uh, again, Uh, Full credit to the guys trying to play, whether it's Pierre Desir or Dee Delaney that have been in there. Ross Cockrell, who's a reserve, who's been in there. Over and over again, the Buccaneers having to go. Uh, Rashard Robinson was even out there. He's been a reserve defensive back. He was active and out there. Richard Sherman trying to play before being injured. Um, Those different guys were trying to do some of those things, having some success. But I mean, again, Davis, Murphy, Bunting, and Dean means that you're gonna get better coverage and you're gonna have a better opportunity to run the things you wanna run and look at what the pass rush was doing. So the Buccaneers got another field goal uh, early on in the third, burn some clock. And again, uh, the Buccaneers just making play after play defensively. In particular, the defensive line here with Sam Darnold back in the game, he was having no success either.
1: Newton to the shotgun, blitz threatened, and coming, dropping is Newton, looking, Newton, looking, he's gonna be pit sacked. A bunch of bucks dropping with the 15-yard line. Ida hey. Vea got to it first, and then there were several in white jerseys and pewter helmets. Jumping on top of Big Cam Newton. Row the boat, big guys, row the boat.
0: Ida Vea with the big sack in that moment. Uh, again, give credit where it's due to these guys as they just continued to level uh, the uh, the Carolina Panthers throughout this game. That would eventually lead to another touchdown scoring opportunity for the Buccaneers. Uh, at this point, leading in the game, twenty-two to six, and looking to continue to pour it on, they would end up driving fifty-seven yards after the Panthers were forced to punt. As uh, Tom Brady worked the ball to Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones had a couple of runs. You, you got the ball again to Cyril Grayson with a pass down the sideline, and he almost got in the end zone again. And then that would lead to this.
1: The snap to Brady, inside handoff, Rojo, running left, touchdown Tampa Bay. Nobody laid a hand on him. Yeah, they, they were able to get the corner, and I think it was Josh Wells who's the guy that hooked Brian Burns, they're a big pass rusher guy, but they were able to get him on the edge. And then Ronald Jones really uncontested once he got outside.
0: Ronald Jones around that left end, right in front of me. It was actually Ali Marpet that was also sealing the left end along with Josh Wells and along with Donovan Smith. Nobody home, touchdown Buccaneers. The route is on at that point at 29 to six. Carolina fans streaming for the exits. Uh, again, it's a good feeling. As as some, I'm, I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and and, uh, and always just play nice, nice and credit the opponent, etc. This is a team that blew the Bucks out all the time, celebrated, even taunted the Buccaneers a lot of the time that they were beating the Raheem Morris Buccaneers, beating the Lovey Smith Buccaneers badly. I can remember a couple of these late season games in Carolina. Where they kept scoring and kept scoring and kept scoring, and it's and the Buccaneers season is already over with, eliminated from the playoffs, and it's like, can we just get this game over? Well, the shoe was on the other foot yesterday. Carolina at five and nine, about to be five and ten, couldn't run that clock fast enough. Another guy that we want to make mention of in the highlights right here on the Buccaneer defensive line, Will Goldston making plays on the field.
1: Second down and ten from the Panthers 31. They move left to right on your radio dial. Dropping to throw Darnold. Dropping, he's going to be sacked. Seventh sack of the game. That's a new season high. Goldstein. We had tied it with six. And William Golston has a career high. Two and a half sacks of the game.
0: And Mean Gene had a blast calling Buccaneer highlights, including defensive sacks. Seven of them, a season high. I think I saw in the stats it is the most sacks in nine years for a Buccaneer defensive line in the same game. Seven of them. As time and again, they just kept getting to the quarterback. Golston had two and a half sacks officially. You're going to hear from him coming up in the post game interviews. One more suck up field goal, a couple of more stops. And by the way, let's make mention of this. I know Matt Rule's now in his second year, a former college coach that had success at Temple and Baylor, hasn't had much success as the Carolina coach. What was he doing at the end of the game in the final 30 seconds where his team is down 32 to 6? It means nothing for the standings, it means nothing for the playoff push. It means nothing for draft position for anything to be calling timeout, going for it on fourth down in a blowout situation. Come on. Uh, and one touchdown at the end of that game in the final 10 seconds isn't going to mean anything to anybody except maybe a player's incentive. If if they had a touchdown incentive for a receiver, uh, I can't believe that, that Sam Darnold in that instance had an incentive for one more touchdown in a bad year. It was just stupid. It was stupid to see. I I have been a big proponent of blasting any coaches, including when I work basketball games and you're at the end of a basketball game in college basketball and the lead is 15 or the lead is 13 and there's 10 seconds left and somebody makes a three-pointer and calls timeout. Like you're going to get the ball back four times and make four more three-pointers to win the game. Like Carolina scoring a touchdown there meant that they were going to get a chance to get an onside kick four more times and have a chance to win the game in the final 10 seconds of the game. What are we doing at the end of that? But again, we'll see the Panthers again in a couple of weeks, and who knows? I mean, Bruce Arians is too classy. He wasn't going to say anything after the game about all of that. Just go get the hats and the shirts and celebrate when it's over. 32-6 is the final. Let's get to that happy Hooters postgame show after everything was done. Uh, in Charlotte on the day after Christmas, the head coach... Uh, came by on our post-game coverage to give his thoughts on the win, on winning the division, securing a home playoff game, and much more. Well, 32-6 to six is our final, and I can confirm that the head coach has got an NFC South champions hat on. Congratulations. Uh, let's just talk about the win and a 60-minute performance today.
2: Yeah, I was really, really pleased and, and uh, happy with all the guys that stepped in and stepped up. Uh, we had a number of guys that uh, weren't here. And that uh, the guys that stepped in, I thought, played really, really well.
0: One of those guys that was back today, Antonio Brown. Let's begin with him because he caught some key passes throughout this game. Assess how you thought he played.
2: Oh, I thought A.B. Was, was spot on. You know, A little worried about his conditioning, but in practice this week, he showed that he could go, and he told me, hey, whatever you need, I'm there. Uh,
0: another guy that stepped in for you, Keyshawn Vaughn, at times in this game, including a 55-yard touchdown for your first touchdown of the game. Tell me more about that play and getting you off to the 7-0 lead.
2: Yeah, it was a great uh, read by him. He bounced it outside, made the first one miss, and hit the Jets and found Cyril down there blocking him from the other side of the field. And Cyril head leaded him into the end zone. It was perfect.
0: Yeah, some great uh, downfield blocking by him. And then Grayson ends up catching the long 62-yard pass that sets up another touchdown. And this is a guy, again, that you called on for depth at wide receiver. Say more about how he played, including that big pass play.
2: Oh, I thought Cyril played lights out, and he's... He's probably the most improved player on our team over the last two years. I mean, he's worked and worked and worked for this opportunity. And, you know, we put him in there as a starter today.
0: He blocked extremely well and and made all kind of plays. The defense, season high, six sacks in this game. Why were you having so much success, especially with the defensive line today?
2: Yeah, well, they they had an easy test today. Their offensive line was beat up pretty bad. And, uh, you know, I was expecting that to happen, shut down the run, and then really get after the quarterback.
0: Uh, okay, on a negative here, you lost Shaq Barrett. I know he tried to come and play early on in the second half. Do we have any update on that injury right now just after the game?
2: It looks like a minor MCL. Hopefully, uh, nothing where he'll lose any time.
0: All right, that's good news on that front. What does it say for this team off, to, off of what was demoralizing last Sunday night? That's the word I'll use to come back and play a complete game like this and clinch the division.
2: Well, that's what we expect. You know, that game was over on Monday, and uh, now we're going. So it. Uh,
0: well, there's no doubt that uh, that your team now has a home playoff game. There are two games remaining. You are very much injured, but playoff seating is also not now going to be a concern with these two games to go at New York and this same Carolina team, right?
2: No doubt. you know. And, um, next week, everybody will play, and uh, we'll see the last game. If seating doesn't matter, uh, I don't really like resting people. I think you get too, too rusty, and uh, you can't rest everybody, so... Um, better off i think we'll play everybody
0: and one more time here i know there's a lot of buccaneer fans listening that are going to be celebrating and happy you've clinched a home playoff game say something for the buccaneer fans here as a post uh christmas present
2: yeah hopefully we'll play a, hell of a lot better at home and uh and use that crowd than we did last sunday night
0: coach congratulations thank you thank you smiling ear to ear in that nfc south champions hat was bruce arians and i know uh we're looking forward to the buccaneers playing in the playoffs against somebody at least one home game and as he was saying at the end of his comments, depending on playoff position and what's going to happen here, and I'll explain this a little more in a couple moments, you may be getting a second home playoff game, depending if you can get to that two seed or not. And by the way, the one seed is not completely out of the realm here either. Well, I'll go over this in a little bit. Have optimism, Buccaneer fans, because you've got a favorable schedule with two games to go to get to 13-4, and four. get into tiebreakers. Let's Let's just see what happens with a couple of weeks left of the NFL schedule. Uh, all right, some more postgame guests. Let's get to Keyshawn Vaughn, who had the electric 55-yard touchdown run. The reserve uh, running back, waiting for his opportunity. Leonard Fournette on injured reserve. Ronald Jones now the starter. Vaughn spelling him. And Keyshawn Vaughn made the most of it, and we love talking to him after it was over. How did you guys put it all together today?
3: Um, we just understood the assignment, and then we had to step into bigger roles. Uh, losing Mike, Lenny, and... Uh, Chris was big for us, so the ones who had to step up, we knew exactly what it meant to win this division,
0: and so we, we went out and got it done. You established things early on in this game with a 55-yard touchdown run running left. Tell me more about the play and what you saw as you made the defender miss.
3: Um, It was just when our um, little zone plays to the left, I kind of read it, uh, seeing I had one-on-one with the tight end, I mean not tight end, I'm tripping, the corner, <laughs> so I kind of kept it close to the uh, line, so that gave me more space. Um, then I'm up on the safety, stiff arm, and then downfield, you got Cyril who, who blocking downfield excellent. I use him to get in the touchdown.
0: Can you say enough about his effort? Because I think he I love blocked it. that guy twice I love it. to keep you on your feet and into the end zone.
3: I love it. Um, that's the kind of energy that, that we need as a team from everybody all around. All 11 men have to be playing at all times.
0: What, what if anything, was said this week, meeting room, before this game, et cetera, from Tom Brady or anybody else about the offense locking back in today? Did anything have to be said?
3: Anything that had to be said, uh, like I said, we kind of – just already knowing the standard for this team, you kind of know exactly what's expected when you go out there. So, um, it was more if, if for the ones stepping up, it was more getting reps with the ones, kind of creating some chemistry, probably – um getting more communication. So it was small things for the ones who were just stepping in, but overall we knew the expectations.
0: All right, so this should sound pretty good. NFC South champs, first time for the Buccaneers since 2007. Home playoff game, at least one, now guaranteed. Those are all good things on the day after Christmas, yes? good gifts <laughs> <laughs> we will take all of those and and uh that is your first nfl touchdown so i always first joke NFL about a rushing touchdown We're, rushing touchdown yeah. where's the ball going on the day where's after christmas home? where is where's it, gonna go? Go it? going to go who gets it going with the, you yeah. on the mantle on the shelf yeah paint it up uh-huh. and celebrate after christmas yeah, right sir. congratulations thank you so much thank you for sitting with us Keyshawn vaughn he and ronald jones did a great job today 27 combined carries 135 yards between those two running backs again this is part of our coverage on Buccaneers radio and our Hooters post-game show 98 rock our flagship station in the Buccaneers radio network after the 32 to 6 win over the Carolina Panthers uh, let's continue with the happy interviews including Jordan Whitehead who was everywhere the safety uh, was back Hard hitting, interception, uh, tackles behind the line. Give him a ton of credit for helping lead the defense in the back end. And I talked to him about one of those game-changing plays all the way back in the first quarter on his interception.
4: Yo, so it was, uh, you know, Shaq, they, it was a deflected ball, and then Shaq went up for the, for the catch. And I was like, all right, Shaq's going to get it. <laughs> so I was just really standing behind him. I think he got hit, and the ball happened to be right in front of my face. So I just, Sherm always tells me, Dude, catch the ball first. do Don't You don't worry about running. So that's my goal. I just focused on the ball, caught it, and then, you know, got up, uh, celebrated with the teammates. But it was a great, great feeling.
0: You were in the backfield a lot during this game, uh, making plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, playing fast, playing aggressively. Speak more to that as you were a big part of shutting down Carolina, especially early on in the game.
4: Yeah, Coach Bowles just uh, challenged us this week to, you know, get turnovers and score points on defense and play with energy, and. know. Uh, we're missing a lot of guys, key guys, Nacho, Levante, Winfield. So, uh, you know, for me, my part, I was just coming out here to give that energy and give it my all today because, you know, this is a big game, cl- clinching the playoffs. Uh, so I had to leave it all out
0: on the field. Six sacks is a season high today. Some of that has to do with the defensive backfield getting healthy again, but that defensive line, they were winning their matchups. Were they not today?
4: Oh, yes, they were. Uh, shout out to Will and
0: too. Big bro, um, three sacks. Uh, It's a great performance by him. (laughs) Uh, I see you smiling. You have an NFC South champions hat on as well. I think it's rather obvious this team uh, wants very much to have a home playoff game. You've gotten at least one now with two games to go. What does that mean as a post-Christmas present here to come to Charlotte and get a home playoff game?
4: Man, that's love. So we can bring it back to all our fans back home in Tampa, uh, the greatest fans. And uh, just, you know, they, they they want a home playoff
0: game. Jordan, congratulations. Great playing today. You led the team in tackles and had that interception. Thank you for the time here. Thank you. Good to have that guy back. And again, cannot stress enough with Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean. Let's hope they stay healthy um, because with them playing together, the schemes that you want to run, the man-to-man coverage that you want to run, it's easier to do that with those guys there. And, And I know some will knock the level of competition with Carolina. But Cam Newton and Sam Darnold were trying to make some plays and do what they could, and they had no time to throw because the Buccaneers had the coverage every which direction. We talked about this off the Saints' loss, that when uh, Godwin and Evans went down and, and you're trying to get receivers open, you couldn't get receivers open, and the Saints' four-man pass rush was just harassing and sacking Tom Brady throughout that 9 nothing defeat last Sunday. Well, seven days later, this was the same thing, except for the good guys. The Buccaneers locking down D.J. Moore, and Robbie Anderson, and by the way, I'll make mention here before we get to another interview. Robbie Anderson, a couple of different times on that final Carolina drive down 32-6, to 6, is pointing at the, at the first down and showing off. And show, What is that? I mean, again, they, they are a disjointed bunch in Charlotte right now with Matt Rule. Um you know it's one thing if that's a big catch in the first half and the game is still close and you're trying to win the game or a big catch with the game on the line and you're going to stand up and point first down you're down 32 to 6 in the final minute of the game That's uh <laughs> okay hope you enjoyed yourself uh drive home safely Uh let's continue on the Hooters postgame show another guy that we wanted to hear from was Will Golston two and a half sacks on the, on that defensive line so much attention for Shaq Barrett for Joe Tryon, Shoyanka, the number one pick. Jason Pierre-Paul went healthy and in there. But Will Golston in the middle, playing with Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. That defensive line has been so good. And uh, here, was the, here was the veteran out of Michigan State talking about that pass rush. Same question I've just asked to Bruce Arians and to Jordan Whitehead. You've got that NFC South champions hat on, a smile on your face. Tell me more about this feeling and this performance today against the Panthers.
2: Uh, it was amazing, uh, especially a defense performance like that. Come out, get seven sacks, stop the run, get, you know, don't let them convert on third down, get the NFC South. Uh, that's one off our checklist. You got to just keep on rolling.
0: Six sacks total is a season high. You had two and a half for a career high. Why were you individually in the defensive line having so much success pressuring Newton and Darnold today, Will? Well,
2: to be honest, I got to credit that to my teammates as well. They gave so much attention to give me opportunity to try to win my one on one. And I. I did, so I got to thank them a lot because they take a lot of pressure on me.
0: Couple of fun ones. I know your teammate Nacho was not here among other guys. Did I see you guys doing a little Nacho tribute at time? It looked like you might be, you know, acting like you were having a nacho. Was that maybe for him as well after a couple of sacks? That was fun. definitely
2: for Nacho. We had to dip <laughs> the chip for sure from a man five six. Shout out to Nacho.
0: I love that. Uh, off the performance last week, with the understanding you want to win playoff games and try to win another big one another Super Bowl, how, how satisfying to bounce back and play this well overall as a team today?
2: Well, that's one of the things our defense wanted is to be able to play the end of the stretch of the season with a defensive championship mindset. And I feel like these last two games we've been able to perform that way and we got to keep it rolling into the playoffs.
0: Well, that is uh, that is definitely the goal. Listen, great playing today. Thank you for the time here. Enjoy the win, and now we get to talk about battling the Jets and the Panthers once more, and playoff seeding. And that's a really good thing, isn't it? Yes, sir. Go Bucks. Sweet victory, a sweet win for the Bucks as they defeat the Carolina Panthers thirty-two to six, seven quarterback sacks again, a season high, and the first time in nine years that that has happened. And so that now leads to a happy week here, the final week of the 2021 calendar year. And the next opponent will be the New York Jets in the new year. We'll ring in the new year and head to the Meadowlands and MetLife Stadium for a Jets team that did defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars for what that's worth at home. Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback. They played the game without their coach, Robert Sala, who had tested positive for COVID-19, couldn't coach the game. He hopes to be back for the game next weekend um, uh, for the Jets. And again, for the Buccaneers, they've overcome a lot of injury adversity. We don't know the status of Shaq Barrett. Again, I said this a week ago on this podcast. As I released the podcast on Monday morning, you may be hearing it later Monday, Monday night, etc. You may know the updates on Shaq Barrett's knee. The hope is that it's not serious. You heard Bruce Arian saying to us on our postgame show, they believe it's a sprained MCL. Let's hope it's not anything serious and that he can maybe rest for a week if he has to or two and be back in there and be back ready to go. He's a gamer. You need him for the stretch run. You're running out of guys. Jason Pierre-Paul was inactive with the injured shoulder yesterday. Again, Nacho was on the COVID-19 list. I love Will Golston talking about how they were dipping the Nacho chip there for, for Raheem nunez Rochez, who's as popular as any player on this Buccaneer team. So in any event, this team's got to get healthy. Get Levante David back if they can. Get Leonard Fournette back if they can. That's not going to be to the playoffs. Again, they were placed on injured reserve. They have to miss three games, the first of which was the first Carolina game. After the third game with Carolina, after the Jets in the third game of the injured reserve, a policy; those guys could come off for a playoff game. Let's see if they can. Mike Evans again, week to week with the hamstring. I mean, so many guys banged up. I know other teams are talking about injuries, but you take those weapons away from Tom Brady, and this offense was still clicking yesterday. I know he was finding Antonio Brown, he was finding Cameron Brady he was finding Cyril Grayson. Go with who you have. Go with Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn out of the backfield. Do what you got to do, and the Bucks were able to do that. Let's hope they can get healthier coming up. All right, playoff scenarios. Here's what we know. The Packers did win. They hung on and won on Saturday. We knew going into Sunday, that means they maintain the number one seed. They are one game clear of everybody in the NFC. You have to have at least a Packer loss in their final two games, obviously. They play the Baltimore Ravens on the road this coming weekend, and then they play the Lions at home, which is almost a guaranteed win for Aaron Rodgers and company. So you're not expecting two losses. Maybe you get the upset by Baltimore that would drop the Packers a game back. Again, if the Packers do not lose, they're the one seed no matter what, which means they have home field advantage all the way through the NFC title game. Stay tuned for what's going to happen with that. We know that uh, the two other teams that are chasing things with the Buccaneers that were playing on Sunday were the L.A. Rams in the early afternoon. They won at Minnesota and damaged the Vikings' playoff hopes greatly with that win. And so now, uh, actually, and I may have misspoke, uh, Green Bay has Minnesota at home and Detroit at Detroit to end the season. Minnesota is still alive for the playoffs, and Buck fans, you need a Minnesota upset of Green Bay coming this weekend. It is the Rams who beat the Vikings and now match the Buccaneers with an 11 uh, and for record, the Rams play the Ravens this week in Baltimore. So you need a Rams loss because the Rams have the head-to-head tiebreaker for playoff position over the Buccaneers. And right now, the Rams would also finish ahead of the Buccaneers if they are both 13-4. and four, The Rams would finish ahead of the Buccaneers on NFC record. The conference record would have the Rams ahead of the Bucs on the playoff seating right now. So you need the Rams to lose once more. And the Rams play... The Ravens, as I said, uh, in Baltimore, and then they finish with the 49ers at home at SoFi Stadium for their final two games. Again, a Ram loss is exactly what the Bucs need here because that puts the Buccaneers now in control of their own destiny to be the two seed. The other team that's in the tie at 11-4 is those Dallas Cowboys. And how about them Cowboys? Boy, did they annihilate the Washington football team last night, damaging their playoff hopes, almost all but eliminating them. Washington playing undermanned, excuses, excuses. They played on Tuesday because of COVID-19 positives. Again, that's self-inflicted by them. Uh, With COVID-19 ravaging their team, their coaching staff, they played on just um, five days' notice, coming back from the loss against Philadelphia to play Sunday night, and the Cowboys just whacked them. So the Cowboys are now in that tie with the Rams, and one more time, by conference record. That's why when you're going to see the standings all this week, it is by conference record that the Rams are the two-seed, the Cowboys are the three-seed, and the Buccaneers are the four-seed. Because again, the Rams have beaten the Bucs, the Bucs have beaten the Cowboys, but the Rams and the Cowboys haven't played. So that the head-to-head tiebreaker doesn't come into play in a three-way tie if everybody hasn't played everybody. So it's conference record at the moment. Now again, Buccaneers play the bad Jets and that same Carolina bunch at home at the very end. Just take care of business. Win those two winnable games and be 13 and four. The Cowboys still finish up here with two uh, remaining games. That's the Arizona game at home and Arizona has to win. Arizona is now a wild card team after three straight losses, even though uh, they were leading the division by three games. A month ago, they are now a wild-card team in the NFC West with the Rams having beaten them as part of their losing streak. The Colts beat them Saturday night. So now the Cardinals and Cowboys play a huge NFC game on Sunday. And uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that one. Somebody obviously has to lose it, so we'll find out. If that is the Cowboys or not, it opens the door for the Buccaneers to only be in a two-way tie at that point with Green Bay or with uh, the Rams. And maybe it's a three-way tie if Green Bay is is upset by Minnesota. We will find out. Uh, Scoreboard watching will be going on as we go to the Meadowlands to play the Jets coming up. Again, Buccaneer fans, this is what you want. Win your last two. You win your last two. And I believe at worst you're going to be the three seed and you're more than likely going to be the two seed. Because I'm thinking Baltimore might take care of the, of the Rams, uh, who have been good, but uh, very opportunistic too late in this season. And if that is the case, then the door is wide open to be the two seed. Because then you have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Cowboys if you both finish 13-4. and four. That's what you want. So keep doing the math, keep figuring this up. Remember, it's a 17-game schedule, one more game this year. And for the second time, there's a seventh wild card uh, playoff team in each uh, conference, and that means the two seed will play that seven seed. So keep watching uh, the bottom part of the NFC, whether that's the 49ers, uh, whether the Philadelphia Eagles, who blew out the Giants, can sneak back in. Might it be a rematch with the Eagles uh, that's coming? Can the Vikings stay alive for that spot? I know the Atlanta Falcons also won on the weekend. They're trying to get to that spot. The Saints are playing Monday night football against the Miami Dolphins, who have to win at home, but the Saints don't even have a quarterback. They're going to start rookie Ian Book, and they had to sign Blake Bortles as the backup because their two quarterbacks are on the COVID-19 list Uh, because uh, Taysom Hill and, and Trevor Simeon can't play. So the Saints are barely alive as well. If they lose Monday night, they're all but done. In, in the jockeying for NFC wildcard position. Let's see how it plays out. I do know this. We are headed to New York. We ring in the new year the new year in New Jersey at the Meadowlands, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Buccaneers will play the Jets for the first time in eight seasons at the Meadowlands uh, coming up on Sunday. We're on the air at noon on Buccaneers radio ringing in the new year and hopefully talking about a twelve and four Buccaneers season, it would only be the second time to ever be 12-4. and four. The other time was the Super Bowl-winning season of 2002 to win as many as 12 games in a season. Let's see if the Buccaneers can finish off strong with that opportunity against uh, the New York Jets. Again, the Jets off of a win this past weekend. They they know Tom Brady all too well in New York as he constantly tortured and terrorized the Jets while with the New England Patriots. By the way, Tom Brady's 18th Division championship Uh, with that win yesterday. 17 of them with the Patriots. 18th one now with the Buccaneers. Keep on rolling, Buccaneer fans. And look, I I love seeing the guys in the NFC South hats uh, yesterday after the game. But I, I I still am big on let's get the NFC Championship gear going. Let's get the Super Bowl 56 gear going. That's the hat and shirt that I want, and you should want as well, Buccaneer fans. But savor this. Enjoy it. Again, it's been 14 years since we could talk all about this. Uh, it's amazing uh, that it has been that long. But give the Buccaneers uh, credit these last two seasons for how well they played, how the culture has turned around, and a division title win on Sunday in Carolina, and we'll see the Panthers again here in a couple of weeks and hopefully beat the daylights out of them again. They've got it coming. All right, I'm done on the soapbox on that one. Uh, thanks again to Jason Behringer helping me with highlights, post game interviews. My thanks also to Jeff Ryan, our director of broadcasting, everybody with 98 Rock and Buccaneers Radio. Again, we're on the air. Pre-game coverage on the network at noon and the Buccaneers mobile app and Buccaneers.com. Also find us on TuneIn and SiriusXM for the call of Gene and Dave. Uh, with me throwing in some comments and, and being part of the coverage as well. Buccaneers play in New York Sunday with playoff seating on the line. A lot to play for. Let's see who's healthy. Let's see who's off the COVID list. We'll find out on the injuries later on in the week, on who can be out there as the Buccaneers try to get that 12th win for the second time in franchise history. For now, we are done. We are good. We will talk to you in the new year. From the Meadowlands on Sunday. And then we're back to recap what hopefully what will be another Buccaneer big win to get to 12 and 4 right here on Nothing But Bucks.